Hi, my name is Sokuren, and I'm one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan so freely offers his love to us and his wisdom through these talks, and never asks us for anything in return. If you value what he does and what he is, and want them to continue, please visit our donate page at sokukoji.org. Thank you. Good evening, or morning or afternoon. Dharma talk title today is, what did I say? It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. I don't mean that it's not going to possibly get better. It may, may do just exactly that. It certainly did for me as soon as I started meditating in 1973. Uh, all of the, the things that were really eating at me intensely began to drop away for a while. Then it got worse. But by that time, um, I already was committed to this. I was going to do this. I didn't care how, how worse it got. I wasn't in it for that. I really understood what the title of Kung Fu Rinpoche's book, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, meant. And it means, you've heard it before, using spiritual techniques to advance, get better, improve, buying into relative truth from the point of view of success and failure. And how that shows up for you, as far as comparing what's happening with your path, after three, four, eight, ten, fifteen 10, 15 years of meditating, 20 years of meditating, 30 years of meditating, is going to be quite a bit different. We have something in common with others, but it's going to be a lot different. Especially if you have found a way to continue to meditate, continue to come to the wall, but you're actually shutting down on your major defilement, or should we say defect? I think defilement is better. You found a way to, when you start to get there, you found a way of go into another level of consciousness. Another level where you're not, that's, you're not threatened in that area. You've learned, you've trained yourself. You can do this practicing shikantaza. I personally know people that have practiced, practiced twice as much as I have. Practiced all the kagyu, the tantric ritual practices. The creation completion practices from Vajra, Yogini, Chakrasambara, Fire Pujas, and all the other so-called advanced. I'm not saying they're not advanced. They're just racking up practices and including racking up meditation retreats or intensive training seminars or hours of meditation, weeks, months, retreats. No payoff. But there needs to be a hell of a lot of pay in. You need to give your time. You need to you need to intend. You need to but when I say you need to, I'm not gonna argue with you. You said, I don't really want to do that. I said, please don't. Do something else. It might be three years before you see what's happening there through just your everyday awareness practice of grasping, rejecting, shutting down, controlling, not controlling, losing control, getting control. Notice that. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. This is okay. It's not working well. How are you doing? Well, not so well today. I was doing great for a week. It's just a constant, as I said many times, the Coney Island of the mind. It is about seeing it. It's not about figuring it out. You, if you figure it out, you might as well be on a trip to uh, use a relative term, 
on a, on a trip to the, the West Coast and you just keep going in rest areas. Anytime you go in a rest area you're, or anytime you try to figure something out, it's like a rest area. Figure it out, trying to figure it out. Not wrong. Just be aware that you're doing that. Be aware that you're just going to think over, mull over something. The reason I want to say this, the reason I, I've used this in a talk before, and I think uh, Eric, I don't think Eric's here tonight. He's probably taking care of Junior. But he said that would be a good talk title. And he said that today. Uh, that would be a good thing to talk about. It's going to get worse. Not telling fortunes or anything like that. He's been practicing for 20 years or so, more than that probably. And it, it can get more and more difficult, but don't stop. The kind, the causes and conditions that are arising is your particular obstruction, your particular Dharma gate, your particular opening or lack of opening. Wall of the mind, wall of the mind. We get so so identified with our, with ourselves and and right and wrong and should be and shouldn't be because the, the culture we're in, the society, the families we're in, are constantly using this kind of a paradigm to to give the illusion of control. Just watch the politics for an hour or two. It's just even the side that seems to be have some common sense and some humanity concern for others, still they go in circles too because they are trying to compete with the other kind of circle that is going about me, me, me and my stuff, my power, my power. I'll do anything to keep power. And then we have some models in our situation that we saw not here necessarily. But we tend to identify with that power situation. If you're on the so-called right or left or whatever you want to do with that polarity, there's something to it. But the most important thing to me, I'm biased, is find out who is looking at all of this. Who, who is actually seeing that? And see if you're seeing it directly or if you're seeing it through a preconception, which is Mu Kegeko, wall of the mind. It's going to get worse. So, from my perspective, come to me and bring that to me, I'm, I might not say, oh, I'm so glad you're suffering. I'm going to say, I'm so glad you're having so much trouble. But I might say, keep going. You can do that. Keep going, as I was told when I did that with my teacher. Just keep going. Don't, don't uh, allow that kind of situation to turn you back away into any kind of other direction other than absolute complete and relative intention into your mind stream. See what this is. Even if you're only doing it for, for 20 minutes every couple of days, increase it as much as you can, but at least get there a little bit so that you, that which has no direction uh, is addressed. Intention is something you do. And then that which has no direction, is what you, which is what I am referring to, is what you actually are. It doesn't have a direction to it. It's not separate from anything. In order to, for anything to go from here to there, it has to be separate. If you see that you're not separate, you may, you may see movement, you may not. 
you won't be concerned about results. And if you're concerned about results, that's not incorrect. It just is a barrier and it will, if you use the relative idea, it will slow you down. You'll continue to look for results. Look, is this helping? Is this working? Should I be doing this? And when I say, it's going to get worse, I also say, don't do anything unless you have to. I'm giving you plenty of room for you to pivot or do something else. I say it a lot. I'm not trying to get you to stop. I just want you to look at the resistance to seeing the nature of your mind so that you can see this, so you can realize what this is yourself. I can't do it for you. The Buddha can't do it for you. Chogyam Trungpa can't do it. Koban can't. Ko I mean, or anyone, another Sangha member cannot do it for you. You have to do it. And have someone say, there's certain areas that uh, this, this road you're on could get more difficult, may get worse. And uh, someone who is functioning as a teacher may be more aware of what you're facing than you are. But because of the nature of this path, they can't tell you about it. And chances are, if they do tell you about it, if you're not ready to hear that, then you just think you're being, what, criticized for someone's being mean to you? Also may get better. May, things may change in such a way that things, certain areas of your mind stream of your particular style of ignorance or your uh, the obstructions uh, in your life may lighten up. You may find that you, you no longer are so concerned about your mom or your dad or the way they act or the way, because you can see they're functioning out of their ignorance or you can even say craziness or their fear of really going in that direction. They don't have a spiritual path, even if they have a, even if they go to church, they don't actually have a spiritual path. They have a, a path of belief, which is not spiritual. It is a path of belief and it will, it will uh, give you something to do while you're headed towards what? Impermanence. And it'll give you a way of talking about it. Not wrong. Most people cannot do what this is pointing at. And there are literally, I counted them, I'm not a statistician, but thousands and thousands of people who call themselves Buddhists who are not fundamentally practicing the Buddha Dharma. If this sounds like politics, well, show me how it's politics without politicking yourself. What's in this for me? Am I getting some kind of wonderful credential? And I'm this great teacher who has four dozen students. Maybe a couple more than that, but not many. Not looking for that. I'm looking at if you are listening to me, I'm saying to you, telling to you, telling you, encouraging you, see what this is yourself. Don't believe me. See what it is. See who you are, who this is, who this person is. In order to do that, 
you might particularly feel worse. Uh, identity, the ego aspect of the mind, the consciousness that is closed off and is fear-based, might that fist might tighten the more you practice. And you, the consciousness that we call the seventh or the narcissistic mind will get some relief because I don't have something to do. And, but there's always that aspiration that the ego is going to be able to attain enlightenment. Sometimes you might feel, um, I can't imagine me disappearing. I can't imagine, but that, that seems like devastating. It'd be terrible if I disappeared. Well, that which thinks it's somebody, the body-mind complex is going to disappear. That that who you actually are cannot disappear. I don't believe any of that. You find it. You look down. You look at your mind. You sit down, face the wall, hold still, and watch the movement of the mind. And don't grasp it. Action. Don't reject it. Aggression. And don't certainly don't ignore anything. Do nothing with it. Add nothing. Subtract nothing. Don't turn away from anything. Don't distract yourself. That's the practice of Shikantala. Very simple. Nothing to believe. There are no saints. There's no devils other than the mind stream. That being the case, we might have to talk to them. We might have to talk to our mind. We might have to talk to uh, so-called devils. We may have to talk to so-called angels or bodhisattvas. Tantric tradition is well known for transmuting negative energy. The, the Mahakala, the forum Mahakala, or all the other protectors, demon-like beings that represent all the negative anger and energy that goes out towards other to get rid of it. Even in the Western tradition, there are gargoyles on, on various churches protecting that. It's going to get worse. What is it about looking at the resistance um, that will help us realize the nature of our mind? So that's exactly what I'm saying, is that you're sitting, you're sitting, and then this happens, something triggers this, triggers that, something happens in your life where even though you've been meditating maybe for years, certain aspects, certain experiences or whatever, uh, starts to bring up negative experiences or pictures or images or feelings in your mind, and you want to push them away. So it's about observing those and just allowing those. Those are dependently arisen. Dependently arisen. That means they're not, even though they're in your mind stream, me, 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 and my stuff, my great ideas, my terrible ideas, my wonderful feelings, my feelings that... I just wish I could just erase them or stop them or find the person who's causing those feelings and have a good heart to heart with them. About, Leave me alone. So to go back to your question, if you just see what is arising, you, do, you will see, not this week, next week, next year, you will see that it's, it is without a singular a singularity we call a self. Me Swababa, to use the hieroglyphics. No self, no one. 
there's no self in the skandhas, foreign feeling, perception, concept, consciousness to break down our experiential dynamic into its parts, which is the body, feelings, perceptions, concepts, or thinking, seeing, smelling, tasting, hearing, and so on. Thinking. Paul Bowen. Yes, sir. How do we relate with difficult experiences as Mahakalas so that they can they can play a beneficial role in our practice? Power. So that in the in the tantric practices, uh, those those are used uh, as a, a kind of supplication that we do, and that's one that we will be doing eventually. I haven't quite gotten to it yet. Uh, something that I did practicing in the Shambhala tradition, in the Kagyu tradition, under uh, uh, my teacher Chogyam Trungpa. At some point, we'll be doing a chant called a uh, protector chant, forearm Mahakala. So I'm just mentioning that. I'm not saying that you can, excuse me, you go in and, you know, visualize this uh, monster person. With four arms, the four arms uh, have to do with uh, the four, uh, the four karmas are pacifying, enriching, magnetizing, and destroying, which I've talked about before. Traditional teaching coming out of ancient Tibet, and possibly other directions. So ways of working with softening things up, pacifying the situation, magnetizing it, or enriching it, magnetizing it, or finally just destroying it. So it's a, a using apparent negative energy to work with things that are that are dependently risen, that are out of hand, and are causing chaos. So this is a, sometimes in the Buddhist tradition is called a, a skillful means, skillful means coming out of wisdom. I say, don't do anything unless you have to. No, nothing at all. But if you have to do it, then go into it with as much clarity and beyond receive as much as possible so you're not adding to the confusion by bringing your own unexamined neurosis, passion, aggression, ignorance into the situation. Manage to say you, you could say you've managed to hide out from that, not accusing you of anything, Carl, or anyone else. you managed to find a way to just keep that at bay unless it gets triggered occasionally. Then if you try to go out and operate in terms of working with someone else in a skillful way, unless you're really clear on what on how you're working with negative energy, you're no longer trying to get rid of your negative energy, but it bluntly I've said again, you're no longer trying to fix yourself. If you if you're if you're trying to fix yourself or you think you have certain aspects of your mind stream under control, probably things are gonna get worse even though you've been practicing for 10 or 15 years. No guarantee. You have to do it. It is a, a path that is lonely, but is also just alone. Just you do it. You have the help of the teacher, you have the help of the Sangha, and you have the help of the Dharma. You said earlier that we could even take Shikantaza and hide out in it. Yes. Is there something that we could recognize to see if we're doing that? 
I don't know if some kind of outside skill, uh, what uh, looks like it's important to do is to do it a lot and also not, not do it under uh, the, uh, under the intense um, control of a, a kind of macho kind of control about a right and wrong way to do it. The stick in the background here is representative of ancient practices where you were actually struck in the Zendo or the meditation hall or the monastery. Didn't do things exactly like you were told to do. So, but you, in this situation, you get to watch what you get to actually create your own form with the help of the forms that are already here. You create the form. You you watch how you avoid this or push on that. You notice the very subtle forms of passion, grasping. You notice the very subtle forms of aggression or anger or irritation going out. You don't have to correct that. You just have to see it. If you see it, it may it may stir up some fire for a while, but if you do nothing with it, don't cover it up. The, the, the ego mind is a tendency to want to cover that up or get rid of it. And so that is actually by traditional forms, the macho forms going back in ancient times, it's actually reinforced because you've got somebody, authority over you, that is the authority is trying to help you awaken. It's actually in the way of your awakening. It's not trusting you. It's a feeling you have to control things. People quite often do that with their children. Or, good, good question, yes. A question from Ian in Kalamazoo. Ian, go ahead. What is it to fundamentally practice the Buddha Dharma? So the simple word that I use is just observe, find a way to bring everything to a stop that you can, to a halt without being aggressive or violent or overdoing it to get a credential out of being in control of everything. Sit down, hold still. Simple, sit down, hold still. Sit in a symmetrical posture. It's not necessarily just belong to Buddhism. And then watch the movement of the mind and uh, so that you get acquainted with the way the mind polarizes everything in terms of belief in a cell. Got to protect this. Saber-toothed tigers are not around anywhere these days. I know, but we're afraid of something. Could be our neighbor. You know, I'm afraid of my neighbor. It's a, um, the fundamental situation is just to be aware how you go about doing that. You may need, may need the Buddha's Dharma, you may not. So I think it's unlikely to do that without something because the, the nature of the ego, the self-centered aspect of the mind, the seventh consciousness, the narcissism is so embedded and it's been here before this lifetime. You don't have to believe any of this. Believe anything. Might be a lot more comfortable not to believe anything, including what I'm saying. But here we are. And Ian, I would say, I'm biased because I I couldn't, even though I'd spent a lot of uh, a lot of time studying and reading before I met my teacher. Uh, I was slowly it was slowly beginning to dawn on me I was not going to be able to do this. I was too use a blunt word, insane, 
too crazy, too too much at the mercy of my my feelings, my emotions, my hatred, my fear that I was covering up with aggression. Get really fearful, and then commonly, not always, what comes out is is the aggression, especially out of men, but not just men. Try to cover up someone who's very manipulative and aggressive and not on receive, but is constantly chattering, or at least talks enough that they won't really have a conversation with them. Uh, doesn't know they're afraid because they've covered it up with fear. You can cover up fear with any one of the poisons and any modification. You can cover it up with shame. You can cover it up with guilt. Guilt is kind of, it's like, well, I feel guilty, so that must be good because at least I'm taking responsibility. No, you're not. If you're, if you're really responsible for your life, you say this as slowly as possible. You won't know it. That's responsibility. It's not blame. That's a, it's just, there isn't anyone who is to blame. It's not saying that Billy didn't hit Charlie with a stick. And we should address that situation. We're not saying that cause and effect is somehow we're going the other direction. We're going to be this kind of idealistic situation where nobody, everybody needs to get a pass. No, people do not get a pass. They might be looked at even more closely than ever because now we're beginning to see the fundamental understanding there is that there's no mind training. There's no one who is clear about who they are. So they're, Therefore, they're operating to protect some aspect of the consciousness that is not threatened, that they think is real, that they think is them. So anything can cover that up. Pride? Got to break through that. You can't even find it because someone who is full of pride won't know they're proud. But actually, someone right next to the door to them might know it and see that. And someone who's full of shame is even harder to see because they keep that to themselves. And why do they keep that? Because they can't really let go of that. I mean, what would that mean? That's their touchstone. I'm wrong. I'm always wrong. I can't get anything right. I'm so ashamed of myself for what I've done. This doesn't mean that if you haven't done something to hurt someone else or done something, you step on somebody's toe that you couldn't be even more than that, you couldn't be uh, feel sad or sorry that you blew it there. You might even say so once, but you don't continue continue to go on and haunt yourself. Which, which uh, one of the precepts addresses that? Which one addresses that uh, past mistakes? Dwelling on past mistakes. No dwelling on past mistakes. So and it's something you observe. It's not something you can particularly accomplish. I've certainly never really completely forgotten all the things I stole from other people when I was a young person. Just feeling of control. You can get somebody something that somebody else has when you're 15 years old. Go ahead. The best way to support somebody without a practice that's dwelling on past mistakes. Just listen to them. The kindest thing you can do to anyone, no matter who they are, is listen. It might not be not agreeing, 
It depends on who it is, all the dynamics in relationship to, to our, our parents or to our next door neighbor, to a brother or sister. Just, just listen. Not, not kind of sympathize so much, but listen to, you know, if the sympathy is something that needs to show up, then it'll get intense enough that they'll try to draw that out of you. And you could give them some of that. You follow me a little bit further? Um, what if they don't really want to talk about it, but you know that's what they're working with? Again, it's situational. Uh, if you're living with them, uh, it'd be quite a bit different. Uh, just a practitioner. So mind your own business. Hang up. I'll hang out with them. Bump elbows. Eat at breakfast together. Be with them. Be maybe one of the few people that actually receives from them. Actually listens to every word they say. No comment. No advice. You have to do that. Just be, be with them. Just listen to them. To the point that where they, they might start talking about that a little bit. They might never meditate. And of course, as you've heard me say many times, don't recommend anybody meditates. If they, if they want to, if they know you meditate, they might ask you a little bit about it. It's a hard path. It's difficult. There are kinds of meditation that tend to calm things down, soothe things over. I'm not teaching that. If you need that kind of meditation, it's, it's out there. It's all over. It's about being aware of something, not calming it down or covering it with something so we feel better. Questions are good if you have them. If we're still trying to make things better relatively, like eating good food or going to a party, having fun. Yes, going to a party, having fun. Ask me. Is that hindering our spiritual paths? No. It's very situational. I'm not saying you're alive. I'm not saying that you have to somehow cloister yourself somewhere and put yourself like they do in Tibet in a wooden box where you can't move and meditate there for months or years. On I'm not saying that maybe some people need to do that. It doesn't look that way over here. But people who are doing that might say, well, yeah, but you know, you're not all that wise. I would say, well, that's probably true. I'm not all that wise, like you are, or whatever. So, but I would say, no. You should, it's, it's, life is difficult enough you know, to, not to enjoy yourself, to have a good time. Also, train your mind. Do both. Get to the cushion. Uh, enjoy yourself. Of course, drugs are, are can be dangerous. Some people can use some drugs and it doesn't seem to take hold. They just are able to do that. Other people should just not even say the word because it's, it, because it's the, the tendency there to go into some kind of a, a chemical oblivion or a chemical respite from the intensity that um, sitting meditation or just life in general brings up called suffering. And what the Buddha was pointing at is life is suffering. And, and I've said this so many times, I'm getting sick of saying it. I think I need to say it again. He did not say part-time. Sometimes life is suffering. It is suffering. It's the pain of pain, the pain of alternation, and the pain of the composite. 
paint of the composite does not go away, but the paint of the composite can be ignored as long as you're working with the paint of pain, broken arm, arthritis, whatever, and the pain of alternation, which right in the middle of something that's wonderful, you're starting to worry about how it's not going to last. Like life is not going to last. The pain of the composite is about seeing through that there's no self, there's no other, everything is available to you. I'm not saying you're being swamped by the emotions of the Iroquois Indians from the 13th century. I'm not saying that this is all of a sudden you're every year so porous, you're open to everything. No, it could be even more specific. But everyone you meet, you you feel their anxiety, their their angst, their misery. At the same time, they're saying, Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, everything's going good. Okay, see you later. Someone who is awake, you're not going to bullshit them by your smile or your frown. And again, as I've said many times, that doesn't mean they're reading your mind. They don't need to. They don't need to watch your. Understand your thought patterns any more than you need to understand your thought patterns. Thoughts are just uh, something arising. But the suffering is there. Further questions? How do we enjoy ourselves as things get worse? That's what? As things get worse might be easier to enjoy yourself as things get worse because you have a, start to have a sense of humor about the situation. You have some spaciousness around the, the complete uh, impossibility of having any say-so about any damn thing. Instead of jumping on board some kind of a cause or some kind of a Buddhist against land erosion or something like that. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you shouldn't join a, a movement to, you know, oust the dictator of wherever, wherever. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. If you're going to do that, if you're compelled, as I have students that are going different directions uh, in the world today, Pauchan's going to Poland to save the Poles, right? No. Yokodo, I don't know where she's at. Here somewhere. She's going to. Africa to save the Africans. No, you're just going there to give people what? What are you going to give them? Stuff? Things? You're going to tell me. Water. Water filters. Okay. And what would I say about that? I say I don't. I think it's dangerous to do that right now. But if uh, Yokodo needs to do that, she should do it. I'm not going to obstruct her or anybody. Mayun is another person that's. A very close student, but she's she got work to do with the children in uh, uh, Nepal. I think that's where her foundation is working right now. So should she do that? Yes. How do I know? She's doing it. That doesn't mean that somebody is doing something horrible to manipulate and torture people or keep them from getting health care while they're while they're while, while they have. Millions. I'm not saying we should let that go. 
But to go in, into it from a political point of view is you're asking for it because that structure has been spinning like a tornado for since beginningless time. It's called samsara. And so what I would say, don't take your eyes off from that. Don't, don't go to a mountaintop, shut the door, put on your visor, face the wall, and be a protect, protect Buddha who is about enlightenment, well, enlightenment for you only for him or herself. No, a bodhisattva path, the Mahayana path is an open way. There are no, there are no places to, to turn around. Just, it's just straight, just intention. Be with all things, save all beings, even though it's impossible to save all beings. It's impossible. And then you find out there are no beings. This is a realization, not a conclusion. And it's not something that there's any guarantee you will understand that or see that. Hey, Valley, to see there are no beings, is that understanding dependent origination, Valley? Yeah. You can't figure out dependent origination. You could go into it as a, as a physicist and talk about the, the inter, interrelationship of molecules and atoms and string theory or all kinds of things about that. There are quite a few scientists who have incredible intellects who are able to go in and take that whole potpourri of otherness and bring it together in such a way that it creates an understanding that seems to, that's with a capital M, seems to explain it all. Carl Sagan did some of that or he passed away into the very thing he described or tried to describe. Question from Naveed Iran. Naveed. When sitting in front of the wall, do you recommend holding the eyes still as well like the body? My eyes tend to close after a short while, but I don't, but I won't fall asleep. What do you recommend? Just open them back up, but I wouldn't be in a rush to do it. If you're sitting and they close, the, the, the instruction is eyes open or just receive. But the way you're asking me the question, I would say you should look at that. Be aware of the closing and opening of the eyes rather than try to keep them open. It's like staying in front of the wall no matter what, some kind of artificial structure that tells us we have to that we're not doing uh, Zazen if we don't stay there the full 40 minutes without moving or the full 20 minutes. No, you should respect what the body is saying. Everyone's body is different. Some people can't, can't still, sit still at all. Always some kind of movement happening or tension. That should be not encouraged, but also not pushed down or shut down. And your eyes, if you're sitting in Watching, uh, we could talk about it personally or not. It's not necessary. I can just respond to your question. Say, sometimes your eyes will be shut, sometimes they'll be open. Same thing when, when, when you're sitting, you start to fall asleep. Uh, I'm not saying you couldn't try to stay awake, but I wouldn't put too much on that. Watch what the body is telling you. Body mind are not two different things. They're separated all the hell. They're separated so much that when, when you, as you travel on the path, as you begin to see what this is, you start to see what the body actually is, it's hilarious. 
it's hilarious that we would even think that we're a body. That we would even think that, why would I ever, the why question comes up, why would I think that I'm this when it's obvious who I am? This is liberation. Am I claiming liberation? I'm not going to claim anything that lines up with your preconceptions about what you think or you think or you think liberation is. You don't know what it is, and you won't know until you're awake. And you won't awaken until you look in the look at the way in which you sleep, which is ignoring, sitting down, grasping at this, asleep, pushing at that, asleep, trying to change this, asleep, 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 asleep. Nothing sleeps, and that nothing that does not sleep is waiting for you. It's your awakening. It's waiting for you. There's no promise. Uh, something was brought up earlier about the, the, the prediction of awakening, or the prediction of, uh, was, it, was it Manjushri or who was a, a deity or whatever it was brought up? Maitreya. Maitreya? So you're talking about yeah, Lotus Sutra? Yeah, the prediction of enlightenment, the story was Maitreya was somewhat of a stooge, at least if that's referenced. Sounds good to me. How do you understand that? Understand what? What Maitreya happened with Maitreya. The earlier chapters, the Maitreya was discouraged because the Buddha, through Manjushri, told him that he hadn't gone far enough. And he was feeling down on himself because he was told that although his karma was great for being in that position, he was known previously as fame seeker on his spiritual path. Fame seeker? Fame seeker. Yeah. And he was somewhat dejected, but at that point, the Buddha informed that everybody has the potential or the inevitability of awakening. So if you are on the path, you will. Everyone is a bodhisattva. Was that helpful to you? Sometimes when it feels discouraging to keep going and everybody feels like a piece of shit, no. I think it helps to have some kind of confidence deep down and support that you can too do this instead of just hearing the negative part of it. Like it's going to get worse. To help you weather the worse. Okay. To help you get used to it. Really? Get used to it? What? Some driving mode. So what? Something's doing what mode? Driving mode. Somebody driving somewhere? Uh, Sharon Bowing, Ivan and I were in our greenhouse weeding and we walked and my phone thought we were driving. My apologies. Oh, well, no need to apologize. It's just technology. Yes, sir. Sure, Bowing. Um, if we don't, like, if it's going to get worse. We don't identify it as worse. Um, I lost the question. You may not. 
the, the idea here is to, to say that is to help you or any of us that are going along because you can, it's like a, it's like a trail, it's like a, a road where things can just, and it could be something uh, very devastating and very kind of thinking, well, I kind of knew that could happen, somebody really close to you passing away. Or, or even to you uh, going through the things that you've been through with your physical situation lately. But on, on with that, also mental, um, emotional things that sometimes seem to come out of nowhere. Doesn't don't seem to be anybody, anything triggering anything, and just suddenly our whole demeanor is just down. We're, we're extremely sensitive. Just observe that as far as you can. Take it to the cushion or take your mind to the cushion, no matter how you're feeling, over and over and over again. Continually put the mind in neutral insofar as you can without, without stress or uh, aggression. Go ahead. Um, when, I, when I hear it's going to get worse, it sounds like what my ego is saying about the situation. What does the wisdom mind see when it's going to get worse? Well, the idea there is trying to help you. Maybe it wouldn't help. Some people wouldn't be that supportive, but trying to say that as you go along, uh, even Coben said, uh, and so many, I'm have to paraphrase him, said that at first, the f first 10 years uh, is difficult and it's hard, but the second 10, second 10 years are into the 20 year area, 15, 20 years, yes, different in, an, in another kind of, in another way that you, didn't really expect, perhaps. A question from Drake. If we are really stuck in a certain decision, is that also very bad for progress? Or is that an important part of it? It's, it's too much of an either-or. So it's, a, it's not something I can really comment on as a, in a, as a generic standard that applies to situations. It's very situational. Show up different ways. So could. But as far as progress, it's not exactly progress in the mundane sense. It's more like losing something rather than getting better getting something. Losing the, the self-centeredness that thinks he, she, they are right or things. Correct. But what the mind, what do walls of the mind look like when we're on the cushion? Probably like the damn wall. Looks like a, a barrier. The ego mind wants to see the ego mind is involved in a, on your spiritual path, which of course is going to be, but it also is trying to find a way to, to witness its own demise. Because the ego mind does not think it's unreal. That aspect of your consciousness that is showing up as a self is convinced. And I'm saying, am I accusing you of anything? No, I'm just describing your, probably your dilemma. If you don't see what this is, uh, you're going to show up at a, a class like this, similar to this, if not this one. You do see what this is? In other words, you see that there's no self in this contest? You won't be here. Every one of you here, if you 
the most you might do is maybe um, start functioning as a teacher, which you shouldn't do unless you absolutely have to do. Unless your confidence is completely unconditional, is not not is not bound up in any kind of relativity of of how much I know, and it's not about knowledge. You have all the knowledge about the Samdhinirmachana Sutra, the Heart Sutra, the Diamond Sutra, or all of the memorized long texts. I'm not saying that might not be helpful to do some of that, but it brings us back to the Dharma over and over and over again. This is why we do the we study the 30 verses. It's such a powerful statement about the nature of duality. It actually gives you some strong concepts that help you work with those wrinkles of the mind that look like somebody or something going somewhere. There is no one. It doesn't mean there isn't something, but that which there is is not a separate being. It's every being. You want to continue to have some kind of something to point out. It's, it's everyone. It's not separate from anyone, anywhere. And you realize it. It's like the Buddha 2,500 years ago even said to himself, as some of the stories say, he didn't know whether you should talk about this or not. And then he was asked questions. It's not an experience. So if you're having experiences of being awake, this is more makyo, the Japanese would call it illusion. Question from Adriana. Are you awake, Sokozen? What do you mean by that? I'll answer your question. You, you describe awake to me. Because if I say I'm awake, then everybody's preconception about what awake is, you can show up and say, nah, I don't think he's awake because I know what awake is. It doesn't seem that way to me. Awake would be more kinder, less uh, bravado, or uh, we teach more of the sutras, or more and more this and that and this and that. I wouldn't treat certain people a certain way. So, Adriana, you tell me what awake. Give me a de definition and I'll, I'll give you a direct answer. If you can describe awake, it'd be very interesting to hear that because even when it's described officially in the lineage, what does a Nutra Samyak Sambodhi mean? Complete, unexcelled, without, without comparison, awakening, enlightenment, what does that mean? And if so, is there someone who gets enlightened? Does she respond to that? Well, I'll give you a few more minutes. <laughs> uh, anybody want to ask me? If you ask me that, I will respond to that right out of what I'm looking at right now. I don't have to, I don't have to think at all because I'm looking at it all the time, even when I'm dreaming. It's vividly unreal in emptiness, yet there's still form. But this means nothing as far as existence, non-existence. This is just a stage of transformation from this into that, and this into that, and this into that. The tree, water, leaves, carpentry shop. Come and get me. Ask me. Anyone here awake? You want on Zoom away? If you are, stop hiding out. <laughs> yes. Adriana says, if we must endeavor to awaken, how can we awaken if we don't know what awakening is? You don't need to know what it is. Uh, there are plenty of pointers that talk about awakening, about liberation, 
freedom from the chains of ego, freedom from the passion, aggression, and ignorance, freedom, freedom from belief in a solid being, which are, which are all descriptive and talk about it. But the realization itself transcends the grasping mind. So it goes beyond that. It's a spiritual path, not the mundane path of accomplishing enlightenment. So it's very, very difficult. Yes, sir. Are Makio and Kensho the same thing? No, Kensho is insight into your true nature. So you can get flashes of Kensho into the insubstantiality of your belief system or your ideas or your identity being not exactly as real as you thought it was. So there's a contrast there. Makio is is the illusory quality of like really thinking you're enlightened. So Kensho is more something where you have some kind of understanding. You're having some insight into this, but it's not awakening, and it won't last. Your your Kensho always, Kensho always fades. Enlightenment or Anuddha Samyak Sambodhi or Samadhi or Suchness does not fade because it's not it's not a relative situation. It can't fade. It's something that's been uncovered. You actually stop covering up your wisdom. Not even your wisdom, you stop covering, covering up wisdom and then long getting it. In, in the sutra that we chant in the morning, there's a line that says, it's not within the province of delusion or enlightenment. What does it mean for it not to be? <laughs> well, isn't that a great, it's wonderful because it doesn't give you any pointer. It's not within the province of delusion, not within the province of enlightenment. It's not to can't find a reference point for awakening. The only, the only reference that you or me or anyone, the only one I've ever seen is in a, another human being, a couple of them I've met personally and several others that I think probably are awake, but I would have to meet them. And they don't need me to give them an imprimatur. And if we met, we probably wouldn't even talk. Question from Ian. How do I go into the difficult areas I'm hiding out from without torturing myself? Just go slow. Sit a lot. Maybe sit an hour a day, uh, or or maybe maybe not sit an hour a day. Maybe sit uh, four hours once or twice a week, or maybe sit uh, a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the afternoon, a little bit at night. Find some way that is that is not torture for you, but it's, but it's still, you're still working on seeing what this is. And this is what this is will show up in the form of your own delusion, your thoughts, your emotions, your concepts, your judgments, your opinions. It's true, true of everyone. You need to look at the gunk that is in front uh, that is blocking you from seeing uh, your awakening, which you think, not just you, but any of us think is something else, something you need to be gotten rid of. You just see what it is. It is not separate from awakening. The nature of wisdom is uh, delusion. You have to see it. And not many do. If you're here, you're ready to at least take a look at this idea. Take a look at this mind through this particular way of teaching. But you won't be able to find it anywhere, anywhere other than 
in your own mind. And the way you might have the confidence to do that is if you've met a true teacher. I don't promote anything. I'm just here to teach. If you think this is a true teacher, that's your, that's what you, that's what you do. If you need to do that, I'm here. If you'd like to say, I don't really know. I think I'd rather, I'd rather study under, uh, I think of some teachers that have a lot of, um, um, I can't really think. There's some Western teachers that are powerful teachers. I don't know if they're awake or not, but you, you would know if you went and studied under them. Probably. Yes. Another question from Drake. Could it be said that separateness is encouraged by inaction or hesitation? <laughs> I'm not sure I, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I'm, I can't have a conversation with you about this. It has to be a direct question, not could it be said that, that blue is actually just a color, so there to say blue is better than... Let's not go that way. Give me a direct question about what you want to know, and I'll give you as direct a response to that as I can. Great. Great cat. Yes. Question from Zach Kerbin. Is there any particular awareness practice you might suggest to someone in recovery from addiction? Yes, sitting practice of meditation. Spend a lot of time sitting down, facing the wall, and just observing what happens in the mind stream. There's a lot more involved than just that, but that would be a start. Addiction is it's very difficult because you've got not only the addiction of the of the mind to its own narcissism, its own self-centeredness, which everybody's addicted to their thought patterns. I'm sure you've noticed. Can can you just not think? No, you can't. You don't have any say so over that thinking, not thinking, because it's habituation. But one who is awake, if there is a being. There is a being who's a, who is awake there. They may think, but there's no addiction there. There's no position there. They don't need anything. They don't need to get anything. Don't need to get rid of anything. This is to be seen. So there might be you might meet someone who who can point this out to you using your mind, and you might not. Follow-up from Drake. How do I help myself from inaction and hesitation? Take that inaction and turn it into a practice. Get your butt to the wall. Get your get to a cushion. Get to a chair. Get to a place where you can actually be inactive completely. Even that won't be complete, but it'll give you the feeling of that for the first three or four months. Maybe you're meditating already. If you're, if you're closing your eyes, that won't work. Sit down, hold still, eyes open. Look at, be uh, observing something where nothing is happening. It could be a tree, it could be the garage door, anything. Observe that. Uh, watch, watch what continues to move after everything you can do reasonably to stop moving continues to move. And that will address, that will address your 
your question about inaction much more directly than anything I would say. Do that for a couple of years. You can check in with me. I'm still here. I'm not kidding. Find out who you are. If you, if you don't remember anything else I'm saying, I know who you are. I won't be here much longer. I don't know what that means, but I can sense that. I'm certainly sure you can do. Just look at me. But while I'm here, listen to this. Just consider it. There's nothing in this for me. I'm not getting a credit. I'm not making a lot of money. <clears throat> Although I'm asking you for money. I'm asking for help so this mandala doesn't vanish when this this uh, old dog uh, barks for the last time. Help this, help this situation. The people who are here and are very close to me know what I'm talking about. They listen to me every day as I listen to my teachers every day in my mind stream meeting. It is a lineage. It is a lineage. It goes back to the Buddha. This is the Buddha. Not this is the Buddha. This is just an old man. But what is being, what it causes this person to sit down here in a, in robes and actually talk is uh, the Buddha. The awakened one. Kelly bowing. Go ahead, Kelly. You often remind us that we're free and well-favored to even be able to sit or um, read or look at this. What, what is our responsibility, um, particularly as your student, to those who are not free and well-favored in the same way? Bowing. Can you be, I'm, I'm following you, can you be a little bit more specific, like uh, you're, you're a, uh, you are a counselor, a therapist, and you are relating to people all the time who are not, not practitioners and more than likely never will be. Is that where you're coming from in that? Kelly Bowling, I'm, I'm wondering about um, when you've mentioned your what happens when you're gone and how we relate to the monastery and karma house and the community right here. Um, just, just keep going. Because this is where our, our teacher was born and this is where you came back to, to do this and to teach from. I don't know how we get too fancy. So <laughs> what here. And, and when I'm gone, what, what I've been uh, much different than it was years ago, uh, just about everything I say is being recorded somewhere. So the teachings, uh, as far as the words, uh, are all over. And I just, I'm just going to another room. I'll just be in another room in the monastery. You won't be able to find me. When you've talked about wanting to support people in the community. Yes. What is, can you say more about what you, what that looks like? Yes. Yes. Train your, first thing, train your mind. 
sit down, spend a lot of time, uh, whether you and face the wall. You know, you've not officially received a, a jukai, or you're not a monk. You don't have to be. That's that's totally up to you. It's your business. But since you asked me to function as your teacher, I intend to do that as long as I'm still here. And I'm saying, train your mind, get to the wall, come to the monastery. You're only six blocks away now since you moved from Grand Rapids. Get to the wall, spend a lot of time looking at the wall, observing the wall, observing your mind flow come and go. And when you get up off the cushion, then your everyday life is about function in the com community as uh, someone who is a good listener. Listen receive, receive, even when the people that you're receiving from are uh, morons, to use a highly descriptive word, are, 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 are all about control and power and everything like that. We have, to, we have to communicate, and that might mean a lot of listening. You're already doing that. You're already highly motivated to do that, as am I. But we need to have the center of this situation, this mandala needs to have a strong awareness practice. So, and as all of you know, or if you don't, I'm telling you now, my Dharma heir is uh, Chiazan. So he's, what is he, 25 or 15? Or, he's pretty young. What are you, Chiazan? 33? 32. 33, yeah. So and he's right here, and uh, he knows he doesn't know anything. I've made sure that he knows that. So on the other hand, he knows what he knows, and he knows what he doesn't know. And I don't feel that he's going to go out and take advantage of anybody's ignorance in order to propel his uh, dynamic anywhere. So just like, just like you, you may awaken, you may not. He may awaken, he may not. I'm happy to respond to more questions, uh, Kelly, if you have them, or if I have not, if it's not clear to you what I've just said. No, that's helpful. Thank you. Bowing. And and the idea of the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the teacher, the teaching, what's being talked about, everything is dependently arisen. There are no separate beings anywhere, but we have to help uh, others. There's the illusion of otherness and other peop people who have no spiritual path think they're real and they think they're suffering and they are suffering. There is suffering in consciousness. It gets even more intense when there's no self. <coughs> That's why I said, make it worse. What else are you going to do with your life? Go, go in more circles until the next time, and the next time around, and then your birth. And, you know, if you're lucky, you might be born uh, in a completely pure realm, but it's unlikely. More than likely, you will be born into a realm that is uh, difficult, damaged, and full of pain and suffering. That doesn't mean you won't be born in Venice, California. Sure, might be born to a couple of billionaires. So, but that's that's no guarantee of happiness. There might be more happiness uh, uh, in South America in the jungle. From the point of relative point of view, where there's just kindness, but where we're at now, let's let's help others. This doesn't mean interfere or be a nuisance to them, trying to get them to do this or that. But meet them where they're at, help them a little bit. I'm very much about having a monastery 
as a central um, center of this mandala, but I'm very much about extending it out into this neighborhood that we're in. We're already buying homes, houses in different parts of the neighborhood. And yeah, we have one right down the road that's a really large, uh, formerly a group home. Yeah, we're going to help people. Oh yes, you can help yourself by training your mind. And when you get up off the cushion, you can go out and you'll be much more aware of the suffering in the world and the difficulty that people are having. Final question. Maybe that should be the statement. Is there a final question? Do we have to be awake to be able to help others? No, you don't. It's always about intention. If you've been working with your own mind, you see all the, the snags and sinkholes and the situations in your own mind and see that you, you're kind of at the, at the mercy of your own negative feelings and emotions, but you're aware of them. You don't have to get rid of anything. When you see what this is, all of that is, is, is just uh, skillful means. It's just awakening. It's just awakening. You won't, you won't meet anyone that you don't recognize because you've been through it yourself. So yes, help others. Hi, this is Chiazan, the prior at Sokokoji Buddhist Monastery. Sokozan offers these talks without expecting anything in return. If you value these talks and would like them to continue, please visit our donate page at www.sokokoji.org. Thank you.